Hello, and here we are again with a new episode of Doctrine and Doxology. Thank you for joining us and clicking that play button, unless it just auto-played, then congratulations. Here you are, and you are with myself, Skylar Spradlin, and the continual, ever-present Larry, Larry Jones. Jones. Larry Larry Holmes. Jones. Larry yeah, Jones. So welcome. Yep. Glad you're here. Glad you're a part. I'm glad you're here, my friend, in your pink shirt. Well, I'm glad you're here in your green one. Sitting Just on like my green chair. Because you like this shirt, like specifically? Uh, not necessarily. It's okay. You don't like this shirt? I don't hate it. This is one of my favorites. Do you like that shirt? I love this you shirt. You should wear it often. It's a for the church shirt. Well, that's okay. I have a couple of those myself. Well, I love them. I love for the church, and I love for the church shirts. Better than your pink shirt from, I don't know even where that's from, it Swasu a, Rodeo. Yeah, Swasu Rodeo shirt. From 1990. Anyway, it's really good to be here. Is it? Yeah. Well, is it because there's air conditioning in here and it's... That's something to do with it. 115 yes. outside. And... Uh, I was listening to John Lennox before I came today. Oh. That was exciting. A podcast or a sermon or what? Uh, he was speaking to a university. Cambridge? Oxford? I can't tell you. I don't know. But you just listened. Well, it was he probably what He just comes on time. and starts playing. And then he comes on and starts playing. You know, it's a continuous, like a loop. Yeah. So, yeah, it was really good. Good. And I uh, went to sleep almost. So so, so good. So it don't feel sleep. bad. <laughs> wow. Because I almost went to sleep listening to John Lennox. Yeah. Well, I can do what Lennox can't. I can actually put you to sleep. <laughs> you're but you you're pretty good at it. I've, you know. Yeah. I've we seen, practiced seen it, it a few times. Um, it's the busy season for us at our church. It is a lot of exciting stuff is happening. Yeah. Our uh, small university just had an influx of students. Campus is alive. Classes have started, which just means there's new faces and old faces all over the place. Right. You know that new people have moved into town because they don't stop at the stop signs. Oh, there's there's a lot better reasons than that. Well, that's how I know it. If I am one day driving around, there's not a problem, and the next day I get in almost four or five wrecks, I know that university life is back going. Drive defensively, that's all I can say. Well, I think that's what they say in the handbook. Uh, anyways, enough of that. We are on the subject today... Which really, I think, should be put in with last week's subject, but last week was death. This week is glorification. Glorification. What does that mean? That is receiving a resurrected body. Really? I do have a good definition here. You have it or Dr. Grudem has it? Dr. Grudem has it. I did talk with somebody today I know that how said to read it. Larry quotes Grudem a lot. And I said, well, yep. we're, we're going through theology and we're kind of using his book as a guide. We are. You are. I am. You're winging it. I'm using his book as a guide. 
But then, you know, if I see something that you don't agree with, you you have every prerogative to go, well, wait a minute. That may not be true. Well, I don't think uh, there's anything that you just flat out would say. That's wrong? Yeah, there's just nuance and different positions on some things. So you ready for the glorification yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, definition? I'm, not, I'm distracted. I'm not on task for anything today, oh, so go it'll, ahead. It'll come into focus very soon. You, you take lead here. Uh, and if you're listening at home or at your office and you have a Bible present, you might turn to 1 Corinthians 15 because that is yeah. many times he references 1 Corinthians 15. Well, that's what that whole chapter is about. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. So glorification is the final step in the application of redemption. It will happen when Christ returns and raises from the dead the bodies of all believers for all time who have died and reunites them with their souls and changes the bodies of all believers who remain alive, therefore giving all believers at the same time perfect resurrection bodies like his own. Maybe not right at the same time, because the dead will rise first. Hmm. You're supposed to go, yeah, you're right, Larry. Because mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. that's farther in the book, but it's there too. So glorification is to be glorified with Christ. And all of yes, that yes. encompasses primarily the consummation of redemption and the new heaven and new earth and resurrected bodies and all those things. Yeah. And we will spend all of eternity in this state of glorification. That is a fact. Where God will have us exist as we were supposed to have existed in Eden. Yes. All right. That sounds pretty good. Next subject. Is there really much debate on this subject? I mean, is there people kind of know, uh, you know, even the average individual knows we're going to heaven and how we're going to be in heaven. Yeah. yeah, there's some debate, I guess, on that, but we're not going to be angels with harps and wings. What? We're not. No. God has made us with a body and to be human at least partially means to have a body. Now so the we're elders be, will have harps. We're going to be reunited with our bodies. They're the praise band. They will have harps. Who? The elders sitting around the throne that each one are given a harp and they will be the praise band. And then they're surrounded by myriads and myriads uh, of Okay. And we'll be praising. We'll be praising the Lord. Well, I, I agree get with that. that. Out of Grudem, but I'm saying it's not like you see in Tom and Jerry. <laughs> we don't have harps and wings and exist as angels floating on clouds. Well, sometimes in Tom and Jerry, Jerry goes up with a harp. Yeah, so does Tom. And you know they're not. Uh, they don't have souls. I'm just saying that's not how we're going to be. Like that idea of heaven where we exist with wings as angels floating oh, on true. clouds. We will be like Christ. Which we see after his resurrection. 
Yeah, we, our glorified bodies will be similar to his glorified body. Which is very strange, that whole time yeah. after Jesus' resurrection where sometimes they recognize him, sometimes they don't. He's tangible. They put his... I mean, they can eat with him, eat breakfast on the shore with him. They can put their finger right. in the wounds of his side right, and his right. hands. And well, the the ones on the road to Emmaus didn't recognize. Him. They didn't recognize him. But I think, I think God is able to blind their eyes to who He really is. But in one of the one of the gospels, also, the people in the garden didn't recognize him. They thought he was a gardener. Sir, what have you done with our Lord? Tell us. I think she was clouded by a a flood of tears flowing down her eyeballs. Yeah, you're reading a lot into that. Well, you know, of course. She was she was weeping. The disciples didn't recognize him on the beach until he said something. One of them did. One of them said, it's the Lord. After he spoke, it was Peter, wasn't it? Well, I think John said it and Peter jumped out of the boat. Oh, yeah, maybe. Anyways, how those glorified bodies come to be is still mysterious. I mean, what they they look like. Plus, we're creatures bound by time. And we only can understand things in time. And so you have questions of age and... You know, Will I be a young man instead of this old guy? And if you're a young man, would I ever even recognize you? I didn't know you as a young man. Bible says we will be known as we are known. I know. What does that mean? I have no clue. Exactly. So there's a lot of mystery. Yeah. But there's not, I mean, it's not a generally debated fact that we will be in heaven. Well, Grudem even said that even when Jesus came back in his glorified body, that he wasn't the one who had been, wasn't the body that was beaten and a man of sorrows. Uh, He came back as probably a more younger version of himself. That's speculation. uh, Yeah, I could see that. Maybe that explains the... I don't want to give speculation as fact, because that's not a fact. We don't know that for sure. Yeah, but I think we could say, you know, technically, he. yeah, you're right. He comes back in victory, but he still bears the scars. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And that's another weird thing, because I don't think our resurrected bodies will bear the scars of our well, lives. no. It's like if we're decapitated. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> to get really gruesome. Uh, yeah, we won't. <laughs> I was thinking more like a knee replacement, <laughs> but whatever. Be, we won't be standing there head in hand, you know, <laughs> under my arm. Yeah, this would be down here. <laughs> wow. That went off, didn't it? But in some sense, Jesus does. Yeah, Jesus still bears his scars. Yeah. So there's... There's difference, I think, obviously, but there's there's great similarity, and that's, again, Paul's argument in, in 1 Corinthians 15. We're going to be resurrected like him, and yes, exactly, yes, yes. How, exactly how we exist in that resurrection, still mysterious. Yeah. We can have educated assumptions, but mysterious. Yes. I'm, I'm looking at 
You're First Corinthians fifteen. You're now. scanning it. I'm scanning it. I have. A, I do have a difficult question. Well, don't expect me to answer it, but I'll give it a try. Well, it's just interesting. It popped into my mind now, and I was reading on it today, and it was about this this transition in death to resurrection. Okay. Okay. And I've never heard this before, but I was reading one guy who was arguing that resurrection life isn't the continuation of our soul being alive. That's interesting. Yeah, his position was when we die physically, there's a sense we die spiritually. And he goes to the references in the New Testament where it's either said of Christ or of us made alive. And that in the resurrection we're made physically and spiritually alive. Okay. But that doesn't negate, you know, absent from the body is present with the Lord. Yeah, the, I, the don't, idea I don't. and thought that when we die, we step right into God's presence right. with our I, soul. This guy's, I I mean, he's a, he's a pretty solid guy. I, I want to ask him questions. I think he's dead, but... Um, <laughs> you'll have to... You'll have to have someone else come in to do that. Uh, But I want to know how, I I don't see how that connects with you're you're quickened in your soul at your heart at the moment of salvation. Right, right. You're made alive in salvation. But he goes to this first, well, he was talking about this 1 Peter 3 passage where Jesus, before he goes to proclaim to the spirits in prison, Yep, yep. I remember Whatever that. he's proclaiming. Well, right before that, it talks about he died in the flesh but was made alive in the Spirit. And so he's talking about Christ. Why does Peter say Christ was made alive in the Spirit if he continued to be alive after he died in his own soul? Are you, are you thinking, wait, or are you just well, like... Yeah, I'm kind of pondering all that, because made alive in the Spirit may be something different than just he was dead in the Spirit, and then he became alive in the Spirit. That doesn't mean that. Yeah, R.C. Sproul would also say God didn't die on the cross. Like spiritually. Right, right. Because all of creation would have just evaporated. Yeah, he does. He holds it all together. I don't know if he was holding it all together, Jesus, while he was on earth. I think so. Multitasking? Yeah. Okay. It was an interesting thought. I think I disagree with it. Pretty sure I disagree with it. Yep, yep. Uh, too. But but it was interesting, and I think that phrase "made alive" really connects to the resurrection more than the spiritual condition. So Jesus died on the cross. Okay, first check. His body was buried. Check. His spirit went to be with the Father. His spirit went to debatable. 
Paradise. Debatable. The abode of the dead. Sure. Today you breathe me in paradise. Okay. To the thief on the cross. Not according to the Apostles' Creed. Did they get it wrong? Uh, He's told the thief on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise. Yes, he did. So then, resurrection morning, the body was... The Apostles' Creed says descended into hell. Okay. So some people would want to debate what is meant by today. Well, that comes from the First Peter three that yeah, you mentioned. Yeah. So what is what is hell? What is that's maybe a topic for another discussion. But what is what is the abode of the dead? Oh goodness! You know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. That's not what the Apostle Creed means. What does it mean? They mean he go. He descended into hell. He he descend, descended into the place of torment. Well, that's what I'm trying to look. I don't have I don't have that book with me. Do you want me to look it up or are you taking my word for it? I know what it's, I know what the creed says. But I don't think it means I I think hell at that time like the rich man of Lazarus was one place, a place of torment and a place in Lazarus uh, went into Abraham's bosom. I know that. But how do you explain the chasm between the two places? How can it be one place, a pa- place of paradise and a place of torment? Because it's two parts. All right. Regardless, debatable amongst people what yes, happened yes. to Christ after between death and resurrection. But didn't he, when he comes back, his spirit is reunited with his body, and it's resurrected. Could that's you go, how could I you take, go there? Yeah, that's how I take the phrase, he was made alive in the spirit or by the spirit. I think it's translated now in the spirit. It used to be translated by the spirit. I think the in that First Peter 3 portion, and I think the, the point is he was made alive in, the, in his flesh again. In the so work of the Spirit, or by the work of the Spirit, back and rose from that. He was in his resurrected body. Yes, and that's the same type body that we will have. Yes, when Jesus said, "I go to prepare a place for you," he wasn't talking about castles on the hill. Yes, he was talking about a resurrected body. So I, I, back to that whole whatever started this discussion. Um, do our souls continue or do they die also and we get new spiritual life? I tend to think our souls continue because they've been born too. again by the Spirit at salvation. Yes. Now, exactly what happens in that moment when the Spirit is separated from the body? Theologians call it when we're disembodied. Okay. I, I like that I, word. I don't know exactly what happens there. I don't think we have an out-of-body experience where we're looking on our dead body, kind of hovering over it before we shoot off somewhere. I think it's more of a conscious, we're unconscious at the moment of death spiritually, and we wake up in the moment in the presence of Christ. Right. 
But you're not soul sleeping. No, we're like not we sleeping for years week. or anything. I think it's instant. I do too. What what question I have had? What if you uh, fall overboard while at sea, and you become fish food for thousands of fish, and then then when Jesus reunites your soul with your body, I know He's able to do it. Well, you've, he is God. you've turned into fish poop all over the ocean, <laughs> and all your particles just come. I, I don't know. I mean, think about brothers and sisters who've died centuries ago that are nothing but dust. Right, right. And to dust they returned. Yeah. And how that resurrection and, and is going to be, I don't be know. in just one location, but that doesn't mean God can't reassemble your yes. physical body and change it. You know, I kind of. Same subject, different direction. Um, I was finishing up reading through Matthew the other day, and it struck me. I've always read this story. You're going to know this story because it's odd. It's an odd one. But it struck me that, hey, this is this is probably a foretaste or a picture of uh, glorification to some degree, resurrection stuff. It's when Jesus is being crucified and he dies. Okay. And the earth splits and the curtain is torn in two. And then Matthew says, and when he rose, many bodies came from out of the tombs and went into the city. And visited people. Yeah. I want to look there, actually. Give me a second. Okay. Because it's, it's the way he phrases it. Like something happens in the moment that Jesus dies, but then also something happens later at his resurrection. Um, okay, here it is. I'm going to back up. It's Matthew 27, verse 51 through 54. And behold, the curtain, this is Jesus has just died. So okay. verse 50, Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks were split. Verse 52, the tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. That's verse 53. Okay, gotcha. So it's it's an interesting point here. Peter is talking about things that happen when Jesus dies. Yes. But then he explicitly references the resurrection. Yes. Which, at this moment, it's still three days away. Yes. And... People are coming out of the tombs. So they're raised. The tombs are open, yes. whatever that may mean. Because I don't know that it's physical at the moment Christ is. I mean, maybe it is. Maybe the rocks splitting were the tombs also splitting. And then when Jesus resurrects, others resurrect with him. But they're specifically saints. Yes. Bodies I, of the saints have a, who have uh, fallen asleep. Written explanation in front of me. May or may not be true. Oh, did he cover that? He did. Good thing I read it, right? Wow. See, way to go, Larry. Since they came out of the tombs after his resurrection, we may assume that these also were saints and had received resurrected resurrection bodies as a kind of foretaste of the final day of glorification when Christ returns. The fact that these people appeared to many suggests that they were recognizable. That people knew who they were, 
Again, the evidence is suggestive rather than conclusive, yet it points in the direction of continuity between the body that existed before the resurrection and the one that existed after it. So that sounded pretty high. In other words, I'm, I'm right. In other words, what I said was correct. Yeah, I think so. Interesting. Good well, thing Graham agrees with you. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, I guess he could call if he ever wants any pointers. Uh, I'm sure he will. If, after he if hears, he hears that, this podcast, you know, I need to check in with that, Mr. Spradlin. And maybe he gets his material from this podcast. I don't know. Uh, I think this was written before the podcast, so. Maybe he gets his new material. New material. He yeah. may. Who knows? Uh, he's probably writing a book right now saying this is not what I meant. Okay. I don't know. We're out of time, brother. But, but it's, a, it's a very interesting discussion. It's it just is. A, it's an encouragement that that God gives us in his word mm-hmm. that we will receive glorified bodies to live with Christ forever. And whatever they look like for now, we we can just celebrate in the blessing of the gospel. Sure. Sure. That God has saved us, and one day He's going to make us new and make all things right yeah. and good. And yeah, we long for that day. John ends the last book of the New Testament. Come quickly, Lord. Right. Exactly. So. All right. Let me pray. Our Father, we are grateful and thankful for Your Word because it encourages us, it trains us, it teaches us how to believe, it teaches us how to follow You. Uh, Help us to follow you well. Help us to share your good news with the lost. Help us to walk in accordance to your rules. And may we be may we be obedient to you. May we glorify you and you only. In Jesus' name, amen.